Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Use code BOBBYHOLDEDIO for 15% off. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slap, slap, slap. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Uh-oh. Welcome back to the Holding in a Bag 5 podcast, a light-hearted look at Arsenal with Alexander Moneypenny and my very happy friend, Bradley Adams. Fuck me. Which we said about a week ago we were going to try stop swearing on this podcast and I've ruined it in about 30 seconds, but fuck it. Fucketh meeth. What a game. Fucketh meeth. What a game. The El Nenesance continues. Eddie, who would have thought that having a striker that has legs could could do something for you I, I, oh. yeah it's <laughs> as football goes last game we were top fours over we're never going to win another game get rid of the whole club delete it <laughs> and we <laughs> one win and I'm Mikel Arteta's generational Bobby Holding 10 year contract do you know what I mean um, what a feeling, man. What a feeling. Yeah, mate. Fuck I hope you guys listening off. enjoyed that. Uh, Arsenal 4, Chelsea 2. Unbelievable. I think one day we're going to look back and think, remember when we won 4-2 at Stamford Bridge with Cedric, Elneny, <laughs> Tavares, Xhaka, Holding, Enketia. Enketia. Flowers to the manager. Flowers to the manager. He got it spot on today. Spot on t- today for me. We'll get into it more specifically, but oh, unbelievable. Absolutely. That this is his this is his result. This like and I'm not taking any way from the lads who put it into practice. You know, they ran their socks off. They they worked for the team. But this is this is Arteta's result tonight. Yep. Uh, it really uh, is. And I'm uh, a masterclass in, in management. Um and if we're just if we're a bit more switched on uh after conceding, it's four nil and not four two. Yeah. You know, we were our we were our own worst enemy tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and we still put four past them. Like I, what, what, like I've said, whatever happens with top four happens. But to show the strength of spirit, to lose three games on the bounce, lose three of your first team players, and not just your first team players. I mean, this this system for me that we were playing doesn't work without party, uh, because Sambi's just not ready yet to to be that base uh, all, all the time in the league for us, right? To have the strength of character to go to the European champions, to a team that embarrassed us when they played us at home, and to to fight out and grind out a result like that, I I I, I have I have no I have no I, do you know what I have one word uh, that that just keeps popping into my head, and it's my word of the game. That performance felt just iridescent shining a shining example of why this project is going where it's going and why we have to keep the faith this is the youngest team in the league blips are going to happen we may not get top four this season but we're managing to play the european champions off the park with el Nenny in the midfield holding in a back five Tavares ballooning shots over from 75 yards. Tavares might as well have been taking fucking goal kicks and shooting from there with his weak foot at this rate. Like, I I, I'm, I cannot fathom the, the levels that we've been shown tonight. It was, it was just truly magnificent. Yep. Yep. And as I understand it, iridescent means not only showing bright colours, but also as you move around it, it shows different colours. And I think that is a a really, um, a, a big question for me and, and, and continues to be, you know, tonight doesn't prove it, but but it adds to, to the case, um, has been how Arteta manages 
um, crisis, how he manages different situations, how he manages, you know, without sort of his first choice picks. Um, and games like this prove that maybe maybe he's the right person um, who, well, he is a person who can do that for us and who can who can manage those situations. I think in terms of how quickly he's been able to turn around bad runs, uh, this season has been a, a step up from last season. I think mm-hmm. I I don't think you know for example the way we set up in that um in the Southampton game bringing Eddie in I know it's sort of slightly enforced with um with uh, um with Lacazette uh, but I don't think we would have seen that change as quickly I think he would have stuck with certain things I think he would have um tweaked it wouldn't have tweaked it in the way he has um and it was completely got it completely right tonight the, four, the lovely four three three really narrow um. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it a bit more specifically. I, I want to focus at the top of the show of the quality. I mean, that's my word of the game. We see, we hear all this conversation about Manchester United. Literally, I cannot open my phone without seeing some pundit, some ex-player talking about Man United and the mess at Man United or whatever. As we say many, many times on this podcast, Man United a people. That's all it is. It's a, I appreciate its infrastructure and it's all those things. But the thing that makes Man United Man United, the thing that makes Arsenal Arsenal is the people and getting the right people in. And just having that tiny bit extra quality up front tonight. Eddie's not the guy long term. It's 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 not what we need. But ha- having that slight bit of extra quality up front, see what it does for us. And it's about the people. It's about the right people in the right situations, doing the right things. That's what gets you over the line. That's what gives you this feeling. That's what means you can go into work tomorrow and feel good about your team. Do you know what I mean? And and I just I feel very um, I feel very pleased that this hasn't gone. You know, we could we could we could absolutely be sat here after a sort of three two loss, another sort of lucky deflection or a Lukaku gets his one goal a season and we could be we could be talking about a very very different game um, mm-hmm. and we could be again talking about how we set up nicely and we weren't completely dominated but we you know we just didn't get the chances we didn't get the luck today we did because we had that bit of extra quality up front that's all we needed and I'm absolutely buzzing for Eddie Nketiah because he's you know and, and Lacazette is absolutely buzzing as well because he doesn't have to play <laughs> You see how happy he was when Enketia scored. He's like, yes, I don't have to play. Um, but yeah, just that tiny bit extra quality, it makes all the difference. And it, it tells you something, mate. It, it really does. We created more. It, like This game actually felt like we created way more high value opportunities, which is what we've been crying out for. You know, I'd, I'd be really interested to see like our big chances stat and I'll probably bring that up, but it felt like today we, we actually through, through our own methods of play created high value opportunities and, and, you know, enough, enough of them to take. I think that's true, but I think they're one and the same, you know, mm-hmm. and Ketia, especially once he got his first goal after the chance, it was like he'd been watching Olivier Giroud compilations mate I mean it was unbelievable R- running the channels he was spun Tiago Silva at one point you know like a, a completely di- you know a completely different beast in that situation and as I say he's not the answer long term no one's saying he is but I think just having a little bit of the right person in the right place at the right time can add so much to a to a feeling and to a team and to a situation this feels like the you know, we're always going to feel like every game is a turning point in, in some in some senses, um, and it's referendums on other players. And we can come to <laughs> perhaps uh, our thoughts on Nuno Tavares later on in the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing for Eddie, and I think um, I think we've we've found something that can get through to the end of the season, which uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, helps me sleep at night, mate. Um, and I also think in terms of the quality. As I say, we could be having a very, very, very different conversation because I thought Chelsea recognised that. Look at the players they were pressing in the sort of early stages of that game. It was, it was not Yusakas, it was not Eurodegards, it was Holding, it was Elneny, it was Tavares. It was the players that we know are suspect, and you know it's going to catch us out on other nights. It is going to catch us out on other nights, and that's why we have to go into the transfer market. They can smell it, mate. They were pressing Tavares. All the balls given away were by the by the sort of suspect players. We know that needs to come, but I just think tonight we didn't luck out, but we we found that extra bit of quality, and that and that feels feels so good. I, I, there's there's there are, there just there are no words. <laughs> I said this. I said this 
on the preview, for me, uh, Chelsea are my two games a year. If you give me two games a year, I, I want to win over any. It's always against Chelsea. You know, they are our biggest rival when it comes to quality, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to titles, when it comes to what we've been challenging for, when it comes to what they've achieved, is you know, is what we want to achieve as well. Um, and to to go to their backyard and to do this and to do this under severe adversity as well. I do... I, I feel like I need, I, I desperately need to say that John Moss's performance as a referee tonight was atrocious. And the the fact that this is still part of the conversation is is can honestly we, baffling. Can we not? Um, uh, no, we just not? that's I it. Agree, as in, we're going to move on from that. That's it. As in, that's it. We're, we're going to move on from it. But like, how, you know, but genuinely, we. but it, it's important to note that because we had to fight through that. Yeah, I, no, I no, want to it, do it, it from was, a place yeah. of, of giving credit to the team. Fuck John Moss and giving him any more airtime than he he already br- like soaks up the absolute waste of oxygen. But let's let's focus on the fact that this young team, the youngest team in the league, managed to battle through two red card challenges from the same player, and you know ridiculous 50-50 decisions going against them all the time um a player going down faking a head injury because we're in a we're in a, a promising attacking situation and the ref falling for it you know we had to come through that and and arsenal of of 6 months ago lose that game Arsenal at the start of the season lose that game. Also last week, um, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean Arsenal are last week, but oh, I know, I know specifically there's there's been such a mentality shift when it comes to these sorts of things. And and you see it and it it's 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 amazing to see. Yeah, yeah. And I think on the fixture thing, you know, on paper, hardest fixture we had left in the season, gone. Um and three points, which is you know, what what more can you ask for? Um. Yeah. The uh, what was it? What do they say? On, I saw on Sky is that someone said it was the Northwest London Derby. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Let's get into it. Um. The only. My. I mean. The the team sheet came out and there was a a bit of confusion about how it was going to look. We weren't sure whether it was going to be a three or a four or even a five. Um. I mean, obviously, it all depends on how you look at it. But um. No, Tommy Asu. I think was the only downside the, the bench actually looked fairly strong i think with martinelli and pepe and lacazette um which was nice for once um it did, you know it didn't feel didn't absolutely fill me with dread but i, I i'm interested where tommy tommy Asu is i think he's back in training but hopefully we have him back at least on the bench for the united game although i thought white did well at uh, right back but yeah set up in sort of a what was it a sort of a three and a four at times um but i think i think the main the main thing for me today was the press and it was so nice. It was so narrow. It was really consistent and the energy was back. I think that was the big thing as well. The energy was back and the, and the, it was led by Nketiah. I actually think, I'm not sure the press would have remained as consistent as it did had Nketiah not got that goal because once he got that goal, I watched him, chest puffs out, chin lifts up and he's shouting at Saka and he's shouting at Smith Rowe and he's saying, come on boys, we need to press. And normally Erdegaard's that guy, but he's a bit deeper. So it's quite, it's quite difficult for him. And also in Ketia, he's a very intelligent presser as well. If you watch him, he waits. He times his press really, really well. He waits until he can see the space is closing down. He goes. He knows that we'll, we'll have to. Now the other players around him have moved. Or will force someone to another action. That means uh, it can trigger it for Erdegaard. It's a really intelligent. It's not just headless chicken stuff, which I think he used to do. It's 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 really, really nice. Um, I think the big thing for me as well from this game tactically was the Erdegaard and Saka outlet was back and reconnected. Mm. Um those balls out to Saka isolating Alonso on that on that left hand side. Um I think the st- a stat came up Erdegaard most chances created since November. Um and he's you know he's had a bit of a dip as people do. We would have loved to sit him down and have someone else in there but we didn't have that chance and um but yeah I thought he was he was they were both part of a really functioning and fluid attacking uh pod which we haven't had for a while. Um, and I think it is just that injection of energy. And, you know, I use the word quality. I'm not, as I say, I'm not saying Eddie Nketiah is is Erling Haaland. I'm just saying that just an extra bit of legs, an extra bit of aggression, an extra bit of something um, 
lifts everyone around and 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 it made all the difference tonight yeah i i think that um i, I don't want to get like i've seen some people say i think as a joke on twitter sucked too much into you know giving Enketia a new contract but i think there is absolutely something for saying this entire project is based on youthful exuberance we've got a youthful striker who is uh, who's done an interview that if you listen to the whole thing it's really really interesting it's really really candid if you've only listened to clips i'd suggest any of our listeners actually go and listen to it uh, and when you really think about it he's a man who's not had consistent minutes is coming on for you know, is playing Carabao Cup games on on the left, coming on for ten minutes here, fifteen minutes here. It makes so much sense to have him part of that triumvirate. I honestly would just leave him there till the end of the season. Now, uh, I think Gabby's best position is off the left, and I think Smith Rose is off the left. Um, so interchange those two. If you have to stick Gabby up front for some moments, do it. But I want to see this guy given a chance because we have a striker who can run and look at how much better it makes us. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's chalk and cheese. Absolutely mate. And, and, and it added such a different dimension. I think you've got that thing of where if you can't stretch someone one way, they can't be, they almost can't be stretched the other way. If they're not, if they're not worried about what's going in behind, they're not going to be worried about what what goes on out wide, and they'll let you go out wide because th- th- there's nothing there's nothing to worry about. If you don't have someone who can do that, which Eddie can, it really creates problems for you in terms of breaking down any kind of defence. So I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I don't think either of us are saying hand Eddie a new contract, but I, I you know, the guy's twenty three next no. month. He's not eighteen. Um, you know, he he is someone who has waited for his chance. He's supposedly a fantastic trainer. You can see how happy everyone was, especially Lacazette, as he planned his takeaways for the rest of the season um but you know i just i just think giving eddie that platform to sell himself because you know i i I imagine him coming on i think as he said in the interview coming on for those kind of 20 minute 10 minute five minute spells he's not gonna be able to sell himself to it to another club he's not gonna be able to do anything particularly for arsenal so he probably felt very probably probably has felt uh, very dejected yeah, dejected. But if you give him the chance now, he's a young striker. He's not playing for his last big contract. He's playing for a big move. He he knows that if he doesn't play and play well, you know, he's looking at it's top of championship. the championship. Or, yeah, yeah, he's looking at top of the championship stuff. But if he gets a couple of goals for the end of the season, who knows? A Brighton, a West Ham, whatever. And with a bit of luck, he could be a starting Premier League striker. So, you know, this is this is big stuff for him. And he's got something at stake where Lacazette doesn't. And and it, it shows in the, in the performances. Mate, mate, absolutely. He's got something to prove. And that's the thing. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Lacazette and the fact that he's he's talking to other clubs, which he's very much welcome to do and his eyes are elsewhere. Lacazette is at the twilight of his career. He'll be picked up by a French club. He's not going to have a problem going and at least earning a decent paycheck somewhere else playing relatively okay football. Eddie Nketiah, his career as a, as a top level footballer is on the line. That is a different type of energy and a different type of, of hunger that he's going to have to prove himself if he wants even a Brighton to come in for him. That's why you you put him in that starting lineup. And it's why um, our whole system being built around youngsters has worked. You know, that's why, because they're all hungry to prove themselves. And when everyone's energy is matching and everyone is fighting towards that common goal, yep. things become so much easier. Mm. And they're all mates as well. They're all, you know, they all come through the academy. So why not take advantage of that? And Brad, he can turn and shoot. I saw an Arsenal oh. number nine this evening receive the ball, turn, and get a shot away. It was it was unbelievable. And it, it, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like he turned as like you know, it wasn't like he turned like a fucking eighteen wheeler. He actually yeah. turned with a little bit of zip. Actually, spun a little bit of zip. <laughs> little bit of zip. Welcome back to the Little Bit of Zip podcast. Of- <laughs> <laughs> That's the new name for the preview. Little Bit of Zip. <laughs> little Bit of Zip. Fuck me. Um, oh. Yeah, it was can, a good Can golf. you tell that I'm out? I'm, mate, I'm fucking off. I am off my rocker. I am I am so gassed. What did I text you earlier to, get, numbers, to try and get us to do this early? You just said, get me on a podcast. 
Mikel Arteta's tricky red. Come on, lad. Let's go fucking mental. Get me on a podcast now. We've got super Mikel Arteta. <laughs> Mate, this is so good. The vibes. Yeah, oh. so good. So good. The Northwest London derby. It's historic. Um, it was a, also a good a good take from him for the goal. I mean, you know, as <laughs> I feel like in those situations, it's like, well, of course he's going to score. But also how many times have we seen players miss, miss those kinds of chances? So fair play to him and he gets it away. The one-on-one. And, oh my, it's a great finish. Yeah. And he, and Are you he, talking I about think, the one-on-one or the second? Yeah, the, the one-on-one. Um, and Merson yeah. picks out as well, runs across Saar, which is exactly what you should do. And um, um, it's a good goal. Uh, <laughs> that said though, he probably was at fault for their goal. It wasn't really sharp enough from them. Mm. It was a look. It was a little. Uh, it was bad luck. However, Ramsdale should save for me. I think, especially if you watch I, it yeah, uh, from a certain angle, it. it looks I have bad. sympathy from him. I have sympathy for him because, again, these angles don't consider the fact that one Granite Xhaka has to stop turning out of those moments. The amount of times I've seen him try to block a shot and he's turned away from it is is just. Un- incomprehensible Brad, needs to stop doing that we're not going to change it honestly <laughs> it's not going to happen we're not we're not let's be honest um, but he's also unsighted he's got both Rob Holding and Xhaka in his way he sees it too late the mistake that he makes is he's too flat footed he's not he's not his, his feet are planted so he's not able to get down quick enough so when he sees it, if he's if his feet aren't so planted in the floor, he might have a bit more spring to get down to it. But it's it's kind of a it's one of it's one of those catalogue of error goals because spoken like a true five side keeper, mate. <laughs> Honestly, listeners, Brad, it is one I, of those. I, I had a penalty saved by Brad the other day. It was um, it, I could I could not have placed it more in the top corner, and Brad got it. It was unreal, mate. Cheeky tip onto the bar. What can I say? Strong hand. Strong hand, strong hand. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the Bednarak goal, isn't it? It's one of those moments where, like, it takes a horrid deflection off of Xhaka, who shouldn't turn out of the challenge. Rob Holding is stood directly in front of Ramsdale, and Ramsdale's flat-footed. You can criticise them all the same. I mean, he should save it. And I'm get, I, there is a conversation, I think, to be had about Ramsdale. He's still young, obviously, but I, there is a, a worry creeping in that there was a hot yeah. streak... And we're we're getting towards a, a regular pattern of of not being particularly on it at the moment. Yeah, Mike, I'm I'm slightly concerned as well. I had that for later on, so let's do it now. I don't. It is kicking that, that's concerning me. There was one nice pass into the midfield from Erdegaard, but I haven't seen that. Uh, sorry, to Erdegaard, but I haven't seen that in a long time. Those, those kinds of balls. There's a lot of kind of. It looks like he's trying to put his foot through the ball, but he kind of hits under it and it goes a bit too high and it and it just I don't know there's a lot of kind of miss kicks and sort of shaky moments and I, I don't know and I think also I'm not there's I haven't seen anything that's gone in and thought oh my god absolute howler I've thought well, I could have done better could have done better but you know so could everyone but I'm mainly concerned by our our big thing scouting him our big thing when he came in was the new dimension that he'd added to our team in terms of the balls into midfield in terms of finding our wide players and he's not doing that and when he's not doing that and he looks a bit like Sheffield United Aaron Ramsdale it it concerns me it's it listen it's a bad patch i also don't think it's been helped by the uh inconsistency in patterns uh, that we've had because of injury. You know, when you... We were so good for so long this season because we had the same 11 players doing the same job that they all knew. We were a very, very well-oiled machine. We knew exactly where players would be. We knew exactly the kind of runs Martinelli would make on the left. We knew if Erdegaard would have dropped deep. And I think the disrupt the disruption to that, I think his kicking has been bad for since the international break. I think it's been off for a few games more than that, but not as bad. And I think that it's no surprise that that coincides with big names dropping out of the team. You know, when you are literally having to change the entire pattern of the team. I think when and and goal kick 
kicks. Yeah, kicking for goalkeepers is so specific because it's it, you you get you've you've only got either a short pass, you've got that mid like it's not like there's lots of different dimensions. I don't think you've got probably two types of passes and three types of ranges. So when you're so used to kicking them certain passes to certain ranges to certain people that's where I think that the the nervousness has crept into his game a bit. And I think that is also what's made him jittery in goal as well. There is a, there's a nervous nature. I think you're right. And I think, I think changing the dimensions and the personnel in the wide areas, especially considering that's where he tends to place his passes has probably shifted a few things around. You know, those balls over to Saka, there's been some great ones over to Martinelli. I think I can remember in the Newcastle game where, he was playing some absolute pingers out to Martinelli and, and he was feasting on them, but he's just not in those positions anymore. And that's when he wasn't even on the pitch today. So, you know, it, it happens. Um, Tavares, all of his best... Mo- okay, all of his best moments I really like are physical moments. I love the way he drives in field. He can, he can move us 50 yards up a pitch with one movement and he might lose the ball at the end, usually does, but... If you get that back, that's 50 yards of progression you don't need to do from one left back, right? There was a lovely moment where he he gets Mason Mount off the ball. There's some really good combination play on the outside. And I, I love his threat in behind. I love him in those wide areas when he's on it. My question is, does he have the brain dead Mustafi syndrome? Because his pass selection's off. He releases the ball too late. He's got a weird habit with shooting that I don't I don't understand, especially on his right foot. He like cuts inside, and just shoots. It's and it's it never goes anywhere near the target. So I don't understand what that's about. He's been to Thomas Partey's football academy. I my gut reaction, and this is what you know, half an hour after the game finishes, get him out on loan next season, see how he does, and then reassess. I don't think we can keep him. Because he makes too many errors. He, he's too much of a liability. You can't have him. I was looking when Timo Werner had the ball on our, our right-hand side. I was looking at that zone thinking, I don't want it to go over there, mate. I do not want it to go over there because I don't trust you. And I, I can't have that. I don't think Cedric's a very good player, but I trust him. Do you see what I mean? I, I, I would question why you trust him. But I with Tavares, I, I think... <sighs> it's difficult because I think he's also probably suffering from the lack of match sharpness that a couple of players are suffering from. Uh, And, and, you know, when you are Mohamed Elneny, the Egyptian god, best Egyptian player to ever exist, it's fine to not play a minute of football since January 1st and come in and drop a masterclass on Kante. Because you are the goat, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you are the goat, so it doesn't matter. He's a young player who obviously needs to improve and hasn't, we haven't rotated him in enough for me to see changes and for him to improve in in game scenarios. And I think that's the issue. And I think maybe that's for a reason. I, the issue is, is if we loan him out, we're going to have to sign another left back. And I don't think that we should be doing that in the summer. I don't think we need to be doing that. What I'd much prefer is to keep him with the first team squad. Give him Carabao Cup games next season, 90 minutes. Give him FA Cup games if they're against lower league opposition. Uh, Give him whatever European group games if they're a lower level opposition and we think he could do okay in them. But sign a right back to cover left back as well. Somebody that I suggested, Wacky Mailer, has spent time both as an inverted left back in a five or as a, you know, as a right back. And I think that that might be the smartest option to see if there's a player in there. I think it's really difficult to understand if he can get rid of this brain dead gene when he's, this is the first time he's playing significant minutes since October, November, since that Newcastle game. That Newcastle game for me, I think is the last time I remember him kind of actually playing a lot of minutes. So I think that there are a lot of things that leave me wanting about his game, but I think we're not in a situation, we're in a situation right now where the coming summer is so important to sort other areas out. 
it would be much smarter to keep him around, maybe for a season. Just uh, and if if Tierney goes down injured, have a right back that can play inverted on that left hand side. Um, and then if you know after another season, if he's still doing this stupid shit, then get rid. But there was a, there was a few moments that were really frustrating for me. One of them was you know letting certified Hobbit as Pilaqueta run across you and score is ridiculous seeing as your main attribute is your physical prowess. And then there was an absolute beauty of a chip ball to the far post by Bukayo Saka. And if you uh, you watch the replay of this, it's Aspian and Tavares again uh, kind of battling. And Tavares puts what I can only describe as like a pithy, pathetic excuse for trying to get forward and win the ball in. You've got two choices. You run through that player. If they bring you down, you might win a penalty. If you don't win a penalty, you at least try to get there. Or you could get there and have an amazing opportunity to either knock it back across the face of goal and give somebody a tap in or try and head it on goal. I don't understand sometimes where the mentality comes from with him and why he seems to shirk away from that because that's two moments where against the same player he hasn't been as physical and when physicality is your biggest strong suit and you're not using it I start to wonder what use you bring and I think that that's more the issue from today's game I think you can get him to stop taking 50 yard long shots and you can teach him to release the ball quicker it's the it's the things that you can't teach, like having the mentality to challenge for those balls and refusing to let your man run across you and getting to every ball. That kind of desire, I think, is unteachable. And that's where I worry. Yeah, I mean, I, I take your point in terms of the game time. I also don't think you're, the solution you offer is necessarily bad. My problem is, is what you just said, is that I don't think he's got the defensive nous, really. I don't think he's got the... And and, and obviously there's there's enough that's coachable. There's enough that's that's there. As I say, there's, there's a great physical um, player there and there's, there's, there's some really strong, positive assets to his game. I just... If I'm looking at a young left-back, I would excuse... Things like, actually, to be, to be honest, I'd excuse moments like, say it was Lukaku that got across him and scored that goal. I'd go, okay, all right, you'll learn. When he was out of position for the Crystal Palace goal, I think, okay, fine, you stepped out, you were in the wrong position, you were a bit on your, you're a bit on your toes, a bit on your heels, fine. But there's a sort of inability to pick the right pass, an inability to make the right decision in the final third a lot of the time, an inability to recognise danger and, and and sniff it out quickly, that as you, as you just said, I'm not sure you can teach. So are we are we then limiting ourselves by not signing a proper left back? And I, as I always say, I would sign on top of Tierney. I, I wouldn't sign to to be under Tierney. I would sign someone who can either come in and eventually be better than Tierney or, or go in. Or is already better than Tierney. Um, is already you know can compete for minutes with with Kieran Tierney. Um, just in case you thought I was talking about Paul Tierney, um, and yeah, so I I I just think we're leaving ourselves short, and it's a very Arsenal decision to be like, oh, well, you know, give him you know give him time. No, go make those mistakes somewhere else. I, I I've seen too many Mustafis. I've seen too many Carl Jenkinsons who we thought, oh, just give him a couple of more. Maybe, maybe. He can sort it out. I'm not. I'm not a coach. I can't. I can't say. I can't sit here and say he will. He won't. All I can say is I have my worries as a fan, and I don't want to watch him do that, especially because it limits what we can do in game. He has to sit in a certain zone. So, so we have to play in a certain way with him in the team, and I just, uh, it's, it's, it's not for me. If there's if there's money left over from the war chest in the summer. I, I'm absolutely for it. But I think left back is the last signing that should be made. Because, I, I, I uh, you know, if it's it's vitally important we get a cover right back because we've seen the drop off from 
Tomiyasu to Cedric in style as much as anything else. You know, it's vitally important we get a central midfielder. It's vitally important we get some forwards. L- left back, I think, is the... It's it's last on the list. If there's money left over at a player who, of requisite quality available, of course, absolutely. I think that's that's just smart business. Get him out on loan and then sell him the season after to to, you know, a Crystal Palace or a Brighton or a lower, you know, from 10th to 15th level Premier League team for 10 to 15 million pounds. But if, if just to put it that way, if there isn't money left over because we're putting that in the places that truly require it, I, I think it's fine for a season as long as you get a cover right back that can cover left back. And, and to be fair, that's a way to incentivize somebody who's used to playing, you know, 80, 90% of minutes at another club to come in and say, well, you're going to cut, you're going to be our first, you're going to be our first cover right back and left back. And that way you'll play quite a lot of minutes throughout the season. Um, but I do agree with you. It's, it's such an Arsenal thing to do. I would only kind of, not allow, but take Arsenal doing it if it's because we've spent our money wisely elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Let's move on from Tavares, um, mainly because he's boring me. Um, I just want to shout out Gabriel tonight. Um, had some great clearances. Was one off the line, but he's 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 the king of clearances, mate. He's got a he's got a real a, the, the sort of thing that Tavares needs to find somewhere is that the ability to read the game a bit a bit better and uh it showed some real calmness i thought he looks he looks a bit like a leader at the back now and there was some lovely actually he, he he's got a lovely raking ball that i saw at lille and he hasn't really been doing much at arsenal he's got a nice ball out to saka now um that he plays quite quite consistently um and where ben white is kind of the technical he did leader. a beautiful drive yeah yeah there's some there's some really nice the stuff ball, i remember he almost got an assist at one point um he gets forward well uh and, and where ben white is the kind of technical leader at the back. I think he's the kind of physical leader and I really like that. Um, mm. Great new hairline as well. Unbelievable. Um, Went to, Bobby Holding definitely got 15% off his next hair <laughs> pass. Yeah. <laughs> got him a code. Refer a friend code. <laughs> Use code Bobby Holdedio for 15% off. <laughs> um as we said, their goal, yeah, horrible bit of luck, and then great goal from Smithrow. It was, it was, it was a lovely transition, um, reconnected really well. Jack and nutmeg, oh. yeah, it was very calm, um, and it was as we said earlier, the sort of reconnection between Erdegaard and Saka, and the lovely slot from Smithrow. Um, what's nice as well is I, I was going to mention this earlier, but this has just come back up now. The teams that I feel like this season have outplayed us, as in literally. Who are the better football team than us? Who can put together more patterns of play? Who's not necessarily holding onto the ball more, but who is who? You know, who is keeping us in certain zones of the pitch that we just can't get out of? Who is objectively outsmarting not, or outcoaching? Outsmarting, outcoaching us. Chelsea, Liverpool, and City were the teams. They were the teams that I thought we we can't. I I, I would, as a mark of respect, put Palace in there. I think that they did a sensational job in okay, that. Yeah, in the on three 0 they tactically matched us up very well. I don't think they got the quality we have, but on the two in the two games they did they did well this season. It was more the point I was trying to make was that that those teams that I think okay who are actually better football teams than us uh, were the teams above us, and which yeah. makes, makes sense in the league. I think sometimes you have a bit of a false position in the league, but they were the teams tonight that didn't look like it, and that shows a bit of a progression. Yes, Chelsea had more of the ball, but we had just as many shots on target. We had more XG, I think. We had more um, uh, touches in the uh, opposition box, and we obviously <laughs> won the game. So, but you know, I appreciate that's kind of results-based analysis slightly, but I did feel in the game we were, they were not... All, they were missing we were a not, few people. Sure, but so well. so are we. But we Very we're not, true. We weren't being com- completely out, outplayed as we I felt we were. You know, that second half at the Emirates was just... It was just like a training exercise for them, um, which to me shows progress, especially as I say when we got um, got people out. Um, yeah, there. Two seconds. Have you seen that Tuchel has Tuchel has blamed the pitch? He, he is quoted as saying, "It's a very difficult pitch we have here. It's not to our favour. The ball bounces very awkwardly in front of Andreas. We had the same mistake against Real Madrid." 
It's been raining. <laughs> it's been raining. <laughs> Come on, Tuchel. Um, yeah, talked about their goal, their second. Um, Tavares was just a bit weak, and it wasn't a foul on Ben White. Let's not even have that conversation. Um, I have to oh, oh, wait. There is, there is. There is a conversation to be had. We've got five minutes. That is the is it second good? game in a row. A, that, is, that is a second game in a row where he's done something stupid like that. Either make the decision to play act off the pitch against fucking Southampton and then throwing himself on the floor like he's just been shot by a sniper in Call of Duty Warzone. Like stay on your feet, pull him back, give away a free kick. Don't just flop and try and buy a free kick that's obviously not a free kick. Yeah, and then if was, you don't it was, get it, look what happens. No chance, no chance. Brain I, dead from him. I have to say, and this will be the the the, uh, the photo on the podcast. Mikel Arteta impersonating the fourth official is one of the funniest things I've ever seen him do. And actually, I think this ties into a slightly wider thing that I noticed in the second second half. Camera was cutting to Mikel a lot. Camera was cutting to Mikel a lot. We're hearing Mikel's name sung at the end. There is a media presence building. Just just remember, I said that in a couple of years he will be in the kind of the. Not, you know, depends what happens with other managers, but he's if he's if he stays at Arsenal and his star continues to rise, there is a real presence to him that I feel I'm feeling building. And you, mate, the cameras go where the cameras go. They want to go where what people want to see. You know, that they, they, they all these media companies do their research of what people want to see. And Arteta is is becoming a very uh, TV worthy character, and and stuff like this is great. You know, it's the, it's the kind of the the Jurgen Klopp losing his glasses, the Pep twice thing, you know, it's it, these these are moments that are important, you know, but they're very important and they become memes, but they're... Let me talk! But they're memes yeah. for a reason, do you know what I mean? They're memes because they're relevant and they feel yeah. uh, poignant in some in some sense. Absolutely. Um, strong end to the first and str- strong starts to the second. Um, does Thiago Silva, it's a quick side note, have lip fillers? Did you see his lips? I did not. I did have not. a look. I'll, I'll, I'll do some googling and I'll have a look. <laughs> Just Google Tiago Silva lip filler. It looks a bit like it looks a bit like Kendall Jenner. Also, did you see Fair the enough. moment where Marcinelli came on and absolutely shat himself, like a little Brazilian fanboy? <laughs> he was going to press him and then he he basically got like a yard away and then stopped. And went, oh fucking hell, Tiago Silva, fuck. <laughs> it was really good. Um, yeah, and then our third. Um, and that was all Eddie. You know, talk about the just the, 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 mm-hmm. the slight difference in quality. It was all him. It had been coming, complete fox in the box thing. Um, and yeah, I, I you know, I, as I said earlier, I mean, Lacazette must be absolutely buzzing. People stopped talking about him, to, you know. Um, but it's it's huge for Eddie. And I, I even felt as he walked off the pitch, there was a, a sense that he was part of the group as opposed to sort of someone in the departure lounge, which he is and probably will go. It was a, yeah. There's a, there's a feeling that he's the person who can kind of step up and go, look, I'm, I'm at least part of this for now. Um, and that's huge. That's it was huge a coming of age performance. Definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, speaking of center forwards, Romelu Lukaku, is that, the worst ninety million pounds ever spent in the Premier League. It's it's got a shout. Hundred hundred million pounds. It's a hundred million pounds. It's not oh, ninety. It? Fucking hell. Yeah, it's a hundred million pounds. Um, listen, I'm I am one hundred percent of the opinion that that no player is worth a hundred million pounds. It's you know, you, because you could you could lit you could buy two you could buy two players who give you more. Um. Is he currently up there with, you know, a shout at being one of the worst £100 million signings? Yes. He is in his first season, has had a fair amount of injuries. The guy, um, Dan, that I recorded with uh, for our preview podcast. Please go check that out after you've gotten through all of this. Um, <laughs> and let us know if we got okay. anything right. Um, <laughs> um uh, you know, he he mentioned the fact that he's had a really, really difficult season with injuries and, and you know, struggled to get back into the team because just as he was coming back to fitness, Havertz finally got firing. So um, uh, it's, it, I, I always find it difficult to call somebody a flop after their first season, but it's not looking good. It's really not looking good. I just don't get what he does. I, I honestly, I... I, f- I feel as though there's a kind of this thing that he does where he stands and waits for the ball 
so much and just gets exasperated his teammates in the most ridiculous positions, like hiding behind three centre-backs and sort of putting his hands in the air and going, why couldn't you find me? You've got to run, mate. You've got to come short if, you, if you're not getting it. You've got to come short. You've got to do mm. something. That's not that. There's a reason people are moving away from traditional number nines. And, and even if you have a traditional number nine, they don't play like traditional, you know, pin up, pin the centre center forward exactly what he did against Pablo Mari because defenders are too smart these days. So that you've got mm-hmm. to do, you've got to do different or stuff. Or at least some drop. of them. Some of them are, yeah. At the top clubs. So, you know, I, I, I don't get him at all. I, 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 100 million for that. I mean, I'd be absolutely raging, but we paid 72 million for, for Nicola Pepe. So. I think he suffers from the Man United disease that... You, it, the same thing has happened to Paul Pogba. The same thing is going to happen to to certain other young players that go there, where players who are developing go there. Are you know Paul Pogba went there as an all action midfielder, and somebody who needed to be molded into a specific type of player, and that never happened because he's he's never really had a consistent coach. I think the same thing has happened with Lukaku. The same thing has happened with other people. You know, it's no surprise that when Conte got his hands on him and started to mould him into a, you know, a number nine that he likes to work with, with somebody else working in tandem. Uh, No surprise that he did great things. I also just don't think he suits the Premier League. I think he suits uh, a league like Serie A. I think that that is... It's not about his quality. I think that's just more his, like his, his pace his, like, is in, not as in like actual pace as in like pace on a FIFA card, but as in like the pace of the game, the way the game ebbs and flows. I think that's more him. I don't think he's suited to the Premier League. I think, I think you're right on Lukaku in terms of a, a consistent coach and, and, a, and a style that suits him. I'm not having that on Pogba though. Not having it. Not having it. I don't, he, man turns up for France. He 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 bottled the other night against Liverpool. Yeah, he, turned, he didn't want to play. No one can convince me otherwise. Oh God, yeah, I'm not I'm, having it. No, 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 no. But as in, if you if you if you get if Paul Pogba goes to Liverpool instead of United under Jurgen Klopp, a better version oh, of no, Paul Pogba I, is just now. And I know this absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. Is in like players need coaches and good coaches. Like you know, Raheem Sterling needed Pep Guardiola. And, you know, other players that have gone there. That's what I mean, as in he's never been around consistently a good coach who's moulded him into a profile of player. Paul Pogba went to United being able to do a bit of everything and needed somebody to sit him down and go, this is what you're going to become moving forward. That never happened. They constantly changed managers. And now you have a player whose career has stagnated for five years. That's what I mean. That's the disease of that club right now. Um, and I think the same thing kind of happened to Lukaku at United. I think it happened to a lot of players at United because there, there is no coherent vision. You can't tell me what United are. United have tr- transitioned from Louis van Gaal football, which is just keeping the ball and can, hoping you get an opportunity to Jose chat. Mourinho counterattack. Like, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered United We'll chat. move on. <laughs> uh, only last thing really to... They're shit. We're not. Exactly. We're the best team in the world. Um, uh, the what was I going to say oh the penalty I can't believe that's Bilicueta's I can't believe he's even claiming it he was shouting at the fans at the end absolute dickhead um, I, I, I don't understand how he didn't get sent off as well because surely it's a yellow card for giving away a penalty and then if Gabriel's getting a yellow card for the altercation Aspilicueta starts it yeah he's, he's, he's lucky so surely that's a, it, double, that's, sure, that's a double yellow card offence it's also wouldn't it be last man if it was just him and Saka in the box, he li- doesn't even go for the ball. I, I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I know I, that that rule doesn't exist anymore. So, is in the rule of you have to make an honest attempt at the ball, um, thing doesn't. As in the reason that David Luiz got sent off for the same last man challenge. Um, oh, it, it is last man, but it's a yellow. It's a yellow. But he, the the thing is, is he should have received the second yellow for basically trying to start a brawl. Like <laughs> weird. Weird. Um, and good to see Saka put the the penalty sorrows behind him, as I remember my... Yeah. Do you remember that night? Same spot, when perfectly we were in, um, placed. Yeah, exactly. Please don't. Where were we? East London. And the rain was falling down don't. and my bus got cancelled. Didn't get home till like 3am. It was the worst night of my life. 
Uh, anything else on the game, Brad? Because it, it was so fucked. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> we'll see you yeah, after this. again oh happens all the time with old betsy have you checked out carvana yet they have thousands of cars for under twenty thousand dollars but do those thousands of cars have personality like old betsy betsy's held together by tape and there are raccoons living in the engine it's a family car uh there are flames on the hood ah, custom paint job no dad the car's on fire how many cars did you say carvana had visit carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under twenty thousand dollars we'll drive you happy at carvana News and views. Welcome back to the News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, turn on notifications, leave us a review. Please leave us a review on Apple. If you are on Apple, please leave us a review. We're always looking for more reviews. And please support us on Patreon, where you get access to ad-free versions of the main podcast and the preview podcast for just £3 a month. Did you put it on Patreon earlier? Yeah. Good boy. And for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com, where you can... Buy me a coffee. Anything you can give, monthly or one-off, helps the podcast. The links are in the show description. I always slow down on that bit because I'm trying to find a link to something. That's that's. There's a little. Uh... Can I? May I? I I can start news and views today. I have a great piece of news. Go on. F- uh, this is the first time uh, in a Premier League season that two under twenty ones since Ronaldo and Rooney have both scored double digits in the Premier League. Sacker and Smith-Rowe. Here we go. Sacker ARD football. Despite going to a back three, we looked incredibly suspect at the back. We've now conceded eight goals in our last four. Do you think this is just who we are and we will simply have to outscore each and every opponent going forward? And how sustainable do you think that is? I think it's a number of reasons that I'm going to say now. One, personnel change. Uh, Personnel change never helps. You always want a balanced back four, a consistent back four as much as possible and it just hasn't happened. Two, system change. Changing around, it's always going to shift around. It's an absolute nightmare. I also think we have sacrificed a bit of stability and uh, what would be probably risk take sort of uh, risk aversion for some risk taking, um, and you pay the price mm. at the other end. That happens because we've had to go and try and win games. I don't know. I I, I don't see it as a a big problem. I think I, Arteta's Arsenal have always looked pretty well coached defensively. I'm I just think it's a a situation that's going on at the moment that won't that won't last. It's also long. youth. It's also youth and and nervousness and timidness and naivety. Being, you know, there's there's fear comes into this. We're at Stamford Bridge for fuck's sake. It's it's not exactly an easy place to go. Uh, we've got um, square pegs in round holes. We're trying to bail the the water out of the ship as we're sinking desperately. You know once they take the lead, there is going to be a nervousness and a fear that comes into those players, I think. And I don't see it as a surprise that they scored so quickly after us. And I think it is due to that fear. That fear is something that when we get our first 11 back and with a little bit more time, will just not exist. Mm. I think it's such soft, I think it's real soft factors that's causing us to concede so much at the moment. And those things will start to dissipate as things change for Arsenal. And as you have control further up the pitch, you're just not near your own goal. Do you know what I mean? You know, and when we when we get Partey back, when we can push further up, where we can sit further up, you're just less near your own goal. It, it happens. Um, I had another question. I had two. I had got a, a Ro, Rogea says I love Diffnock. We love you too, mate. And Leo Brank says we love you. You deserve your flowers, Diffnock. So that's nice. Thanks, Leo. Uh, oh, I sound really sarcastic. That's that's actually really sweet. Uh, Cal Thomas said, "Make sure El Nani gets his flowers on the pod." What a performance! Do you know what, Brad? I think it's time. Ten out of ten. The Ananasons continues to bring back oh, for the final few games of the season. The final few games of his Arsenal life. Things you didn't know about Mohamed El Nani. Did you know? That Mohamed El Neni is called Mohamed. That was. Things you didn't know about 
If you remember that from original Diff Knock, you're a real one. You are a real one. Uh, yeah, y- you are a real one. Uh, we had one more and another couple of questions. I can't find them. Anyway, whatever. We'll move on. Also, do you know um, who we've not heard from for a while? Who? Where's Where's Nathan Baroda? Where, and where's, where's Where's our good friend Fluid? Where's Fluid? And where's our good friend Deb? Where have they gone, guys? Maybe they've stopped listening, Brad. Oh, the heartbreak! The heartbreak. Maybe they have. Who knows? Uh, Arsenal are undergoing a top-to-bottom cultural review of the club. As the Gunners look to rebuild both on and off the pitch, their North London side are embarking on a project called the Arsenal Way, in which the club will attempt to review the culture of the Emirates. They've consisted, uh, they've enlisted the help of consultancy firm PeopleMade to help with the process, and the company will report their findings to the club in the summer and design a cultural direction for the next couple of years. The project will aim to hear views from staff at all levels of the organisation as the Gunners look to identify problems and return to former glories with an internal feeling that the club have deteriorated, you reckon, since the latter stages of Arsene Wenger's reign. <laughs> There's a feeling at the um, club, guys, that we might not be as good as we used to be. we're not doing too well. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Imagine, I love that that's like a debate. What are you talking about? I love that that's, hmm, we're not not the Invincibles anymore. Um, I mean, There's obviously a reason that it's happened. I've got got no clue why. Um, No, I mean, it's cool. There must have been something that's triggered it. it, Maybe. I mean, I I guess we kind of change, we're changing the culture on the, the football side of things. And I, I also, but I also think a football club is so much more than just the team. Do you know what I mean? It's like the mm. all the staff behind the scenes, the match day staff, the the groundsmen, the people who run the lights, the, fans. the job. Yeah, the fact, well, the fans, you know, but as in the fans come to that and support it and are the the lifeblood of the club. But as in the people who work there full time, who are paid by Arsenal to to be there, and I think having such a difficult time on the pitch will have got into that as well. There will be people who are probably feeling mm. disconnected from the club. You know, all the stuff that happened a couple of years ago with Raus and Yehi and the, the you know, jump that Gunasaurus situation and wasn't getting paid and, you know, all that, all oh that God, sort of stuff. Yeah. There will be loads of stuff, I'm sure, that's, that's going on. And to have a harmonious football club, for someone to come into an organisation uh, as a, you know, a new player or as a, someone starting out as a fucking social media executive, you want to come into a healthy culture. You want to come in and go, oh, we're all pulling in the mm. right direction. We're all pulling towards, um, you know, the Arsenal values or whatever. But, you know, ultimately what that what that is, is, is people. It's having good people and having the right people in the right situations. And the more we're doing to address that, getting the right people in the right situations, the better and the less fucking Nuno Tavares's will have. I also hope that it's um, it's about reconnecting the fans and the fan base as a whole. Um, because one thing that I think we have become in the last few years is split. Uh, I'm really bored of, of sides and of, you know, there is room for nuance and there is room for changing opinions. You know, I was I was Arteta out at one point. I'm now not. And I really hope that there is also an initiative as part of this to reconnect the fan base and get us behind the club as a whole. Because I am bored of, of you know, after, you know, a, a great season this season, a couple of defeats. It's fine to be negative and downtrodden, but being fucking stupid or abusive or just ridiculous because you want to be proved right i hope that there's there's an effort to change those kind of things around the club yeah yeah and and i don't just want to pin it all on aftv it's not it's not just their fault they are kind of a um they are a microcosm of an issue yeah they're a microcosm and it's just how media's change you know they're just the, sort of the vanguard they were the vanguard of that um but also that that will have had a impact. We can't pretend that these guys live in a vacuum. Mm. You know, the players don't live in a vacuum. They see things, they they read things, they understand things, and and that will have had an impact. And we don't know what kind of impact that will have had. We don't we aren't privy to that. And I think this is this is also something that I think in all analysis is is important to remember. 
how much we don't know. And I, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about bits of information, scraps of information. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why did they do that? Why didn't they do whatever, you know, whatever you're talking about. I often think it's great to remember how much we don't know and how much we're working off reports and how much we're working off so-and-so understands that. And you don't, you just don't know. And that's not to say you can never comment on anything. It's just to, just to always temper it with that. Um, but clearly, internally, they yeah. feel that there's a need for it. And what what bad could come out of that so you know i'm 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 all for it because they're they are they're going to listen to this podcast brad and they're going to say do the do the diff not boys mind we're doing it do they mind because if they do let's not do it oh we better not let's just not do it brad we should visit the predictatron we should visit the predictatron uh because we haven't been there for a while we hadn't been there since aston villa it was 1-0 to us. You predicted a 1-1 draw. I predicted a 2-0 win. So I got the result right. Uh, for Palace, we both predicted a win. Wrong. Um, the boys, our nanny, do that all the time. They go, wrong. It's actually a bit soul-destroying. And I'm like, oh, have you got cricket tomorrow? And they're like, wrong. And I'm like, okay, sorry. Uh, Brighton, I predicted a 2-1 loss. Did you? Yeah. You bastard. I'm sorry. Buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Should I be? <laughs> as long as I win, that's all that matters. Uh, we both. Pre- uh, you predicted a draw against Southampton. I predicted a win, but obviously we lost. And you predicted a loss against Chelsea, 2-0, and I predicted a draw. So, you know, we're both... But we won. Are we on for 32 points? No. <laughs> I had as... Everything's coming up roses. I had as... Dropping like three points before the end of the season. I think that was when we were on our great run, and I was like, "We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna win the, yeah. we're gonna win the league. <laughs> we're gonna win the Champions League." <laughs> hey, who knows, mate? We just got time for a little bit of ask the trivia. Oh, actually, no, no, hang on. We've had a word of the game battle since then. Self-inflicted beat. No, self-inflicted lost to urgency, and I'm in the lead again. AM seven BA six. Octagon has said you used this word before, Brad. Can't you self-inflict it again? Fuck. We've just got time. Patterns. Recognise the patterns, people. For a little bit of Ask the Trivia. Yeah, but you can't use patterns for... The point of word of the game is you... No, as in... Oh, just... Just let's move on. Okay. The theme was Arsenal's top four battles. And I asked you, we all know top four is like a trophy. But can you name the last time Arsenal actually came fourth? Twenty thirteen fourteen. That is bang on, Bradley. Very good, very good. And you gave me uh, the theme of Arsenal centre forwards with more than four open play goals. Should it be two, isn't it? Lacazette got two. He got two. He's got four goals, but two open play goals. Maybe it should have been two open play goals. Maruan something Sh- like that. Maruan Shamak <laughs> got seven goals. In the 2010-2011 Premier League season. Just just let that sink in. Marouane Shamak got seven goals in the 2010-2011 season. Name the club he left Arsenal for permanently in 2013. Basically, name the club that Marouane Shamak, after his seven goals in the 2010-11 season, left Arsenal for permanently, because he did leave on loan as well, in 2013. Theme for next week, please, Bradley. I'm going to keep on with, with strikers and seeing as you've mentioned Shamak, I feel like we should also uh, have a question about a cult hero. Emmanuel so Frimpong. anything to do with Lord Bentner. Bentner. I remember today, randomly, do you remember Emmanuel Frimpong did that like rap song when he said, uh, did he? pass the ball to Van Persie, Dench goal, or La De Mercy or something. And he goes, uh, Gunners, we fight to the end. Dench gang, leave it, leave it. If you want to tackle, tackle then. Soft on the ladies, hard with the men. That was the line. Do you not remember this? No. You don't remember this? I'll show you. No. 
Okay, I'll send it to me. I'll send it to you. We'll do it. I'll play it for the listeners, but we, I'll show you off pod. Little book of Arsenal quote, Jack Wilshire, spelt wrong in this book. Real shame. At the end of the season, if Spurs finish above Arsenal, I will give £3,000 to charity. And if Arsenal finish above Spurs, every Spurs fan that follows me must send me a pound which I will send to charity. I'm not sure how he was going to do that. <laughs> you must send me a pound. Okay. He's just going to put his bank details <laughs> online. Lads, can you transfer me? <laughs> Jack Wilshire sticks his Monzo. <laughs> his sort code and account number up there. Sticks his cash app on. That's so funny. Oh, God. Maybe we should do oh, that, Brad. Oh, God. Should we say we'll make give, a bet? We'll give. Oh, what should we do? Should we say we'll give a, a diff not listener fifty quid if Arsenal finish above Spurs? If Arsenal get top, if if Arsenal finish above Spurs and get top four, what about a shirt for next season? Okay, I'll, I'll split okay. it with you. Okay, okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. Okay, if you're listening to the, and if you're listening yeah. to the very end, you've done well. You've done well. If you're listening to this. You will be entered with okay. You'll be entered with five entries. Email the different knock at gmail.com and just say you could say anything. Just say I want to enter the competition. You get five entries because if you got this far, you you're a proper listener. We appreciate you. Fair fucks. I'll also say at the beginning of the next uh, podcast, but they are going to have one entry only. So whoever emails, they only get one entry. So you have a much higher chance of winning if you email now. Okay, so. Yeah, if you email us and Arsenal get top four, we'll give someone a shirt of their choice for next season. Big, 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 big. Okay. Making moves. Bradley, it's a pleasure as always. Oh, beautiful. What a day. What a tie. <sighs> I am so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. More than you believe. More than you believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mikel is the best. Okay. Thanks as always for listening. <laughs> Keep it different, Knock. And we will see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.